Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude, it is a decision, it is a project, it is a journey, it is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude. It is a decision. It is a project. It is a journey. It is a life choice. Every week, I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. Today, I have one of my favorite humans on earth. You can't see her, but she radiates glitter and sunshine and soul bursting energy. Her name is Brenda Berry. Brenda, will you introduce yourself to everybody? My goodness, Carly, I don't know that I can do any better than that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in awe, uh, but I'll try. Uh, my name is Brenda Berry, and I am a woman of many talents. <laughs> um, right now, I, I, I don't really have... And I am this because it's not that I am anything. But what I do uh, is several things. I have my own business. It's called Sacred Celebrations. And it is all about uh, celebrating love in all its forms. And especially the type, uh, types of love that unite heart and mind, body and soul. But I'm a holistic health practitioner specializing in energy and herbal medicines, helping people to move through life's challenges and um, false beliefs and things that they have come to um, know about themselves that aren't always life affirming and beneficial and supportive in, in our lives. And Brenda is a badass. So without giving away too much of her story, she's robbed a bank. She's um, a single mother and happily married second time around. She married me and my second husband. Um, we creeped in on her to see if she'd be a good fit for us to be our marriage officiant by finding out how she was as a spiritual healing couple person. And she made me cry the first time I met her. And I don't cry very often. She's a Reiki healer. She is like an herbologist. I mean, you're co she's constantly creating, and we were talking about this before, reinventing. And I think that's what Must Love Self is about, is about reinventing and creating. And you said, I am statements. And it reminded me when I was newly sober, I started writing I am statements. And I think what we need to honor is that we are so many things. 
and it doesn't have to be one thing, right? Um, so, but today we're really going to get down to why we're having this conversation, why we need to have these conversations, because I think both of us can say we're sick of not loving ourselves as we are. And I know we're both on the journey to that. And I've never spoken to a woman who's perfect and I've never communicated um, or heard anyone's story that said that they were done. So this is a journey. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. Why did you say yes to this crazy conversation? Because I believe it's very important that other women know that there are many, many lights at the end of the dark tunnels and that fear of the unknown needs to be shifted into excitement of what could be. I love it. And so I'm hoping that anything that I am able to offer um, towards that end, if it, even if it just touches one woman, then I feel that I have done a, a service to the world. And we know that if it touches one woman and that one woman will touch another and another and that ripple effect. So yes. here we go. Um, I want to break the stigma of ageism and get into owning our age. When I listened to option B by Sheryl Sandberg, she talked about the loss of her, the sudden loss of her husband who was 47, who died running on a treadmill and how her friends, when they would complain that they, they were having a birthday and they were getting older, she stopped them and said, no more. My husband never gets to be 48 and we are gonna celebrate every year. So I am never gonna be the woman that is not gonna tell you how old I am. And for those who do have a hard time with that, I wanna break that stigma and own our age. So how old are you? I am 61. Awesome. I want to get a feeling for where you currently are in each of the areas must love self focuses on, and then we're gonna to get to your past. So on a scale between one and 10, one is I'm a monster to myself. 10 is I'm aware I'm a pretty incredible human. How would you rate yourself in terms of yourself, how you feel about your body? <laughs> you know, that's a real good question. Right now today, uh, so, so one is not very good and 10 one is I'm really, really I'm, happy. I'm really mean to myself and 10 I'm is really I'm pretty fabulous. I would say, Honestly, I'm at an eight. Wow, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely moving more into acceptance of what it is. It, it, this is what it is right now. Um, what about your self-worth? Eleven. Isn't that fucking awesome? Okay, yeah, and I, what about your ability to use your voice as a woman? Eleven. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So I want to know what the women were like in your life when you were growing up and you were a little girl. What did you see around you that was beautiful, air quotes? What did you have as your examples of what women should behave like, should look like, what beautiful was? Okay, so uh, I grew up, um, I was born in 1959 and came of age in the 70s, the 1970s. And, you know, obviously not being able to remember a whole lot back further than that, um, as far as, as body image, but that Wait, was- you give me a little bit of um, understanding? So my mom was born in 53, so she was like a full-blown hippie. So you were, you're younger. So tell me, where were things politically, like had women already started burning bras? What, like were women, um, was birth control like really active? Like what was happening? when you were a teenager? 
Um, and, and that's, yes, I, I was a teenager in the mid seventies, I guess I, I came of age around 73, 74. Um, I was a young pubescent girl and the now it was called now the new, new order of women was, I guess the prominent force in that time period for women's rights. What I observed was women trying to emulate men and start coming into the world doing, doing, and I, and, and believe me, I am, I am a feminist here. We can do anything they can do better. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I do believe that. However, we need to do it our way. And what I observed was women doing it the same way that men were doing it. We're trying to be like men instead of trying to be like women. Yeah, yeah, yes. We could do the same job, but doing it our way would have been a better example, which I think is probably more prominent nowadays, but I really don't know. I know that that's how I am. Um, so Teen Magazine, uh, Twiggy, <laughs> skinny, so skinny. Women were really skinny, right? Because Twiggy was the, you know, 80 pound model basically of what beautiful so beautiful was skinny skinny beautiful was skinny and flat bellies and um you know five foot seven right. <laughs> and i guess why i say it that way is i've never cracked five feet tall mm. so a five foot tall person is never going to have the body of a five foot seven or taller woman it's Who not were the women happen. in your life when you were growing up? Was your mom around? My mom was around. Um, who else? Was there a grandmother? Anyone like like who are like the prominent women that you saw all the time? Well, my uh, <laughs> my mother, my aunts, my grandmother. Um, although you know, I uh, my grandmother died when I was ten, so I can't okay. really say that she was much. So of your an mother answer. and your aunts, and they were from the era of like nineteen fifties women, like of. They were born, my mother was born in 1935. So what did they, like, how did they portray what women needed to behave like? Like when, when I was growing up, my oh. grandmother told me, you can't wear stripes across because that makes you fat. And, you, you know, like there was very, very clear messages of what women needed to look like. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, my mom, that was never anything really from my mom. I do remember, you know, doing makeovers and you need to wear makeup and I hated it. So I didn't, um, you need to act like a lady. I hated it. So what I didn't <laughs> definitely not. Um, you need to, um, that skirt's too short. You need to pull it down. Uh, those hot pants are too short. You need to pull them down. Um, that must yeah. have been interesting because wasn't the sexual revolution happening? And so your, your, your parents were probably like yes. totally prude about how things are going. And then your, you know, I see the different generations, but when I was growing up, being gay or queer or lesbian or any of the oh. things that are now was horribly, it was so mean. Yeah. People were, and now, like, I wish one of my kids was one of those things so I could, like, be like a parade mom and be, like, so proud of them. But it's normal now. And obviously, that doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's, it's because, so I'm, I'm thinking that when you're growing up, you're probably attracted from who I know of you to that freedom, to that yes. I want to be me. And did you feel like 
at what age did you notice that your body, like that you're aware of your body in a self-conscious way? Around age 13, 14, maybe. Um, because of my, so, so body image is what we're talking about. So let, yeah. let's just kind of like give you the picture here yeah. of, of how I saw myself then. Yeah, that's um, because these are the things that I was teased about. And those are the things that hurt us yeah. that we judge ourselves harshly about. And these were my things. I was short. Mm-hmm. I wore glasses. I have freckles. I was a female. You're just a dumb girl. What do you know? What do you know? What are you going to do about it? And You're not good enough to play this game. Are there, you know what I noticed is that those voices are in our head still. Like that's part of the mean self-talk. So yes. you know, I, I did a survey of over 150 women so far. And every single woman said that they had mean self-talk when they were growing up. And that a lot of them, I think like 70% said that they can, they compare themselves to other girls. That they looked at other girls and they thought, which was a huge revelation for me as an adult woman, was you look at other women and you think, oh, my God, they have it all together because of how their outsides look. Yes. And as a teenager, you don't know, like, how to understand that in a way that we do now. Did you have that experience? Did you compare yourself to other girls? All the time. All the time, you know, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not as pretty as she is. I'm not as smart as she is. (laughs) And the truth is, I was smarter than all of them. (laughs) But, you know, pretty um, looks was um, more valued than intelligence and talents. You know, it was more valued by like, where did you feel that? Where do you notice that the the recognition was there for value? I guess. with, 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 you know, within, and I guess I'm in middle school right now is where right. I am. It was called junior high, so seventh and eighth grade. Um, ninth and tenth, too, maybe. We'll count that as well. Um, with the opposite sex or, yeah. the yeah, because at that time in the 70s, that was the only way to do things unless, you know, right. <laughs> you were secret. So um, you felt so, like you were not attractive towards the opposite sex. Exactly. And was there, I'm sure this is, was there like a popular group, a cool girl group? Like, and did you feel like you were part of it? You know, that was the struggle. Um, And and, and here's, (laughs) this kind of really does speak to a a lot of who I am now. I had a best friend and it was almost as if we were like, we use the word going together at that time. <laughs> I think it's hanging out nowadays, but I really don't know. Um, and and we were best friends. And it was like it was a relationship. Well, if you don't want to be best friends with me, if you're best friends with me, then you have to come and hang out with this group. If you don't, then we can't be best friends anymore because, you know, that. Um, they were phony. I, I, I just couldn't. I. It was such a struggle. I wanted to be part of it. Yeah. At the same time, I ran from it. And I think it's because I didn't feel good enough. I think you just hit it. I think so far for everything I'm looking at, it's all about, so it's, it's an easier conversation to start with our bodies because we're all capable of saying, yes, I hate this. I hate this. I've always had a hard time with this, but ultimately what it comes down to is our value and our value about our looks and then not fitting in and not feeling like I'm enough because the woman I am today 
to the seventh grader, because here's me in seventh grade. I had a hair um, blonde thing that went wrong, deadly wrong. And it was to my boobs. And then it all fell out in one day. And I had to cut it like Demi Moore short, but I had no boobs. I was flat. My mom joked and said, I could have put my training bra on backwards and it would not have made a difference. And I, every time I went to the bathroom in seventh and eighth grade, I carried a pad with me in my champion sweatshirt in case I got my period, which I never did because I was anorexic. And so nobody was attracted to me. So instead I used, I saw that what I could get attention from and my worth from was partying and giving my body up. And yeah. I could get the attention I wanted from the opposite sex. Since I wasn't the typical pretty, I used my sexuality and like being so cool that in my mind, right? But the woman I am today, if somebody doesn't want to be part of my life, I'm like, peace out, right? But I was not like that then because I didn't know my worth. And I think that's really what it's about. How was yeah. your self-worth as a teenager? It was, you know, it vacillated depending upon what I was doing. Um, in, in some areas, it was, it was, it was very high. Um, in others, it, it was. Where was it high? I was really good at, at sports. Um, so that made you feel acknowledged and made yeah. you feel like, okay, really good yeah. at sports. Where was it low? Uh, attracting the opposite sex. Um, yeah, pretty much, you know, it was boys or sports, <laughs> you know. And how was it from your parents? I remember you telling me something that something really traumatic happened to you as a teenager in high school where they, like, they moved you. Sorry. Take a, a drink. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, we moved in my very last year of high school. So um, your senior year, you're not at where you grew up. And what, how did that affect you in any of the ways we're talking about body, worth, voice? Oh my God. I, I rebelled, you know, I, um, I was a good student until my last year of high school. I didn't care anymore. Um, was it kind of like a fuck you to your family? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big fuck you to my family. Um, and it was a, I think it was also a, a, a fuck you to me. Right. Ultimately. <laughs> well, um, because I didn't know how to ask for help. You know, that wasn't, a, you know, going to a therapist was like the absolute positive last thing that anybody would have thought right. of that Brenda Bear, that Brenda Ashby needed. Yeah. Right. Um, she's acting out. She's not doing well in school. She were you doing those things because you didn't feel like you fit in in your new group, or were you like what was the reason why you stopped trying to do well and you're acting out? I was acting out because I didn't I I, I didn't want to be there. And you didn't um, feel like you fit in. I didn't feel like I fit in. I you know Carly, I've never really felt like I fit in. Um, I still don't really, but I'm a whole lot more comfortable with it nowadays. You know, can you, I, I, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what about fitting in? Do you not feel like, like, cause I want to hear a little bit more about this because on the outside, you're a very big extrovert, but I think like me on the inside, it's very uncomfortable. So like, I don't want to do small talk with anybody. These are the only kind of conversations I want to have. What did you feel like you didn't fit in? Like where? What about that group and that age in that time period of your life did you not feel like you fit in? In many ways, Carly, I've always been somewhat ahead of my time. 
-hmm. you know, technically I'm a boomer, but emotionally, mentally, everything else, I'm not, I'm what's the next one? X gen X. Mm -hmm. I'm really there, you know, but I do. And so I, I just, I I've, I've always felt that I have been displaced in time. Um, and this is okay. So here's where some of the woo woo stuff is going to come right on out. <laughs> Let's go. No I, I know things. I just know things and I have never lost touch with my invisible friends. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do, you know, we move on. I walk into worlds. I walk in the world of logic, of reason, of, of intellect and, um, ordinary reality. Mm-hmm. I also walk in, um, the unseen realms that is more closely represented by something as, as, as complex as, as quantum physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the energy work is it's it's very unseen and feeling the feelings in a different way and where they are living in my body now informs me of that trauma that I experienced that's still needing to be worked out. Wait, so because- I have to stop you for a second. This is what I love about you and this is why you're going to be part of the coaches I'm, I'm passing other women on to when they're ready is. I a hundred percent agree that we, like, you know, like my memoir, we carry with us, right. From our past and those voices and the people that teased us and the people that, that, and then our parents and our grandparents and all their crap. And then they brought it to us and we kept carrying it. And when I've done energy work with you, you've told me sometimes that it's in my throat because I need to use my voice more. There's like a trapped feeling there. Right. Or all these belly issues I have because I have so much stuff I'm like keeping in. And I really think that, you know, I, I want to remove the woo-woo from it because it's not woo-woo. It's, it's not woo-woo. Real, right? Like all of us know it's real. Um, I want to know just a little bit more about your past. What part of your body did you not like? Like besides being short, was like, was there a part of your body that you were uncomfortable with? Or was it just, you didn't feel like you fit in? My belly. Always. Always been my belly. Um, yeah. it, it will never be flat. It has never been flat. It will never be flat. Me too. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Right now, I have an opportunity to take an injection every single day for uh, medicine I need to help with my inflammation. And every single morning, I get to grab the little part of my belly that will never be flat. And I say thank you to it. Because if it was flat, it would be so painful to do it. And yep. you're absolutely right. Here's the thing. like That's why this all started for me. It was like two years ago, I looked out at myself in the shower and I was like, fuck this. I am not going... It doesn't matter how much I restrict and how much I exercise and how many rules I place on myself. There is no magic number or look that makes me happy. And I've been there. Like I've been at the number and the look that I thought would make me happy. And I was more miserable than I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of not liking parts of myself. Yep. When did you notice that about yourself that you're like, I don't want to not like myself anymore because I don't see that with you today. I don't, you do not emanate someone who doesn't like themselves. Mm-mm. When did I make that decision for myself? So I'm 61. I would say 2009 when I hit the feisty, ferocious fifties. <laughs> okay. So tell me what happened. What happened within your life, in your brain that, made you get to a place where you're like, fuck this. I don't want to be like this anymore. 
I don't know that I can specifically pinpoint exactly what happened. I think that it is that second power phase that women enter into. You know, we, we enter our prime in our 30s when we hit 30. And, you know, we have lived a certain amount of life. We have come to a certain, you know, we, we do understand our strengths and our gifts. And, and, and we are in that place of, of really, truly, you know, making things happen for ourselves. And that's great. But for all of you who haven't gotten to 50 yet, you just wait. <laughs> it's even better. There's something that happens when you become 50. And what, at least when I became 50. And see, my struggle has always been, I am very, very outspoken, very straightforward until it gets me into trouble. And when I say trouble, I'm putting quotations around that because it makes other people uncomfortable to hear the truth sometimes. And that used to really intimidate me that because I just know stuff. And I don't know why I do. I just do. And I say these little truths, they come out and people don't want to hear that. What's the thing that comes out of their mouth? And this was my story. I don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. And so my story was, I don't want to hear, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And that, that I, was your self-worth, right? That was your self-worth. That really does. And so that was, that was the phrase that my mother always, you no tell me the truth, you tell me the truth right now. Okay. Blah, 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 mom. I don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. Well, I don't want to hear it. Then why the fuck did you ask yeah. me? <laughs> so then you have to make up a new truth that makes everybody comfortable. And then right. we live a lie. And right. so I think what, maybe what's happening for your fabulous 50s is already, I mean, I'm excited for that, but I'm 41 and I feel like I feel like I used to be embarrassed when I knew the truth because I didn't think anyone would believe me and right. that they would judge me when I said it and now I don't care exactly and that is what <laughs> happened when I turned 50 it's like you know what what you think about me is really irrelevant and it's not my business and it's not my business yes. it is not my business because you know what the only thing that matters right now is what I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a smart, I'm an intelligent woman, and I have a mind of my own. And what you think is irrelevant, it's none of my business. And you asked me a question, and this is my answer. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it, if you get angry, guess what? That's not on me. That's on you because you are choosing to not accept what I have said, and you're being angry about it. Okay, so, so I love this so much. So about 11 years ago, this started happening. How old is your daughter right now? Lauren is 35. She was 30. Yeah. 30. Okay. She'll be so, but you must have done some of this yeah. strength work earlier because for those yes. who don't know your daughter, she is one of the most outspoken, at least on the outside, because I don't know her. I'm yes, comfortable with herself. Fuck you if you don't think that yeah. I'm beautiful the way that I look. She shows yeah. pictures of herself online that are not the air quote typical, this is what a woman should look like. And what it does when I look at it is it gives me permission to love myself the way I yes. look rather than, and she, she is able to see beauty in things that not everyone can see. Yes. So you did something right. And one of the conversations that we're having is, 
if you can't do this for yourself, then do this for your daughters and do this for your sons. Because I'm raising three boys and I want them to understand what beauty looks like and how it doesn't have to be defined and how we need to treat women, right? So they know in my house, pussy is a word that we use to talk about something sexual and awesome, to talk about something amazing and powerful, but not to say you're weak, like it's used in the rest of the world. Exactly, because you know what? They take a lot of poundings and they still can <laughs> deliver a baby. And I tell you what, I wouldn't want them dangly things. They're sensitive. No, I, that's what we you know. know. <laughs> so if somebody wants to say in my house, you're being weak, we say you're being like a ball sack. That's because right. Those are weak, right? So that's right. They are. Got your voice. I, I want to read this thing that you said. Um, around body image have shifted to health rather than beauty and attraction which yes. I think is a better reason to be concerned with weight and belly fat because, you know, belly fat does equal like health risks and that stuff. So it's not about, it's not flat. It's a health right. concern that, and I have some really awesome skinny clothes that I want to wear again. So two exactly. things here. Um, one is I love this idea of shifting. So I no longer talk about being skinny or fat. Those used to be my main things. Now I talk about, cause I think vocabulary matters. Mm-hmm. I talk about being healthy and fit and strong because I want to be those things because I want to be healthy, fit and strong so I can take care of my family and myself. So is there a way you can reframe your skinny clothes to to really embody who you are today? Yes, I have some really awesome, amazing clothing that I really like to wear and it doesn't fit me right now. So so how can I shift that? Are you going to, what do you have to do to fit into the clothes that you love that won't be harmful to your self-worth and your body and your voice? Lose about seven pounds. Okay. And is it about restricting yourself in a way that's unpleasant or is it about like making choices that are healthy? It's about making choices that are healthy. You know, these are pandemic pounds. Yeah. Uh, they, they really are. And, no, and, and they're so, real. They are real. So they're stress related. You know, they, they yeah. are, you know, this has been a stressful year, you know, as a self-employed individual, yes. um, you know, it's not sure, you know, if we're going to be able to make it through or not. Um, it has been stressful. And we do know that a cortisol uh, infusion is a byproduct of stress and that increases belly fat. And it also puts extra strain on the heart it inhibits clear thinking and it can cause a whole host of other issues chronic inflammation yeah things like that that leads to arthritis alzheimer's i mean it's it's, it's right it's and awful. you don't and you need to think about these things because you have the rest yes. of your life and you don't want to live with that so can you no. reframe your vocabulary and change it from skinny clothes to my healthier clothes to the clothes when i'm at my fitter you know, when I'm healthier, when I'm taking better care of my body and my nutrition, I fit into these clothes that make me feel more. I mean, because there are also some things like I have certain clothes that I'm never going to fit into them because what I needed to do in order to wear them was starve myself and be mean to myself and yell at myself internally. And I don't want to live that life in order to fit into those pants. So I'd rather just get cool, awesome pants that fit me today since I am being healthy. Right. Um, so perhaps what I could just say is I just have some, I might even just take that phrase completely out then, you know, um, because it really, 
isn't about the clothing. You know, I do have clothes that I can put on my body. I've got some really nice clothes on right yeah, now. Um, massive, massive maybe, clothes. you know, perhaps I could say so I could be more comfortable in my clothing. Right. And because I really that is think it matters. I'm sorry? I really think it matters how we talk about that. It does, you know, and I think it matters. I do think the language matters. And, and, and now that I'm thinking about it, I do regret using that word skinny because see again, how, how, as far as I have come in my journey towards, you know, self-acceptance and that's really what it is. It's self-acceptance. This is what I, this is me now. This is me now. And knowing that, you know, at 61, my um, metabolism is shifted. It's different. Um, a little extra body fat is healthy, actually, because it does provide a little extra warmth <laughs> for this cold winter. Um, but it's also it, about being like, look, at 61, nothing that muscle self is never about how you need to eat and how you need to exercise. At this point in our lives, we know what works for each of our bodies, right? We know like what is, if you're in the realm of- We, we do, but it changes though, Carly. And that's no. what I'm trying to say is that it does change. And so, you know, what may have worked for me when I was in my thirties, when your isn't necessarily gonna yeah. work for me now because I don't have that same hormonal yeah. Cocktail going but here's on. My truth. When I was 18 and 25 and 32 and 41, sugar has always been a horrible choice oh, for me. God. That's the most addictive substance ever. And every time I believe the lie that I can have it, if it's vegan, if it's plant-based, if it's what whatever you want to wrap it up and call it, I go, ooh, that's a great way to approach it now. And every single time I believe the lie that I can have sugar back in my life and moderate it, I find out that I can't. I can't do it either. I can't do it either. Sugar is eight times more addictive than crack cocaine. So girl, you're, it's a, you're right. You know, it's like smoking cigarettes. It's like, you know, any other addiction thing, you know, and, and let's face it. When we are emotionally bereft, uh, that's when we eat. Right. Because, and, and that's when we're doing ourselves the worst thing that we can do because those emotions are getting stuffed into our bodies and they're going to cause issues later on. Yes, and that is, is so true because the emotions then become physical because we eat and then we don't feel well and then we, then we feel really crappy about our self-worth about our body and then we you know what i noticed when we don't like our bodies our self-worth goes down and when our yeah. self-worth goes down we're not willing to use our voice and so yeah. it really does start with taking better care of our bodies whatever that looks like for each person and like you said it's different at every age and stage but if i'm not taking care of my body then I'm not going to feel good enough about myself to say, Hey, this is not okay. And then I'm not going to want to use my voice. Right. Right. And, uh, and a lot of women do hide, but they, they silence themselves behind their bodies. So they true. really do. And it's so sad because you know, your body is what's holding your beautiful spirit, that beautiful soul. I love and that. It is what is here to help you accomplish the reason you chose to come into this world, your soul's intentional purpose. Your I body is 
here to help you do that. And at every stage of our life, whatever our body has to offer, it's part of that journey. And I love we it. have to honor it. And we have to, you know, just accept what is so. Because when you keep pushing it away, you're just creating more crap. It's so true. Or we're going to read your quotation, and then we're going to do a lightning round. Okay. So oh the yes, the quotation you brought today, do you want to read it, or do you, do you have it in front of you, or do you want me to read it? Uh, I do not have it in front of I me. I will read it. It's by Parker J. Palmer. I don't know that person. Is that an author? I love Parker Palmer. Yeah, he's, he's great. Is Let Your Life Speak a book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on earth to offer to others. Anytime we can listen to true self and give it the care it requires, we do so not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. Yes. This is so appropriate because it really does, it, it's, a, it's infectious, right? So there's little things. So if I see you out and I say, Brenda, you look so beautiful. And you say, oh, this? That ugh, this immediately shuts down the acknowledgement of who you are and, and how awesome you are, right? Yes, so tell me why away. you chose this. Why did you choose this? Why did I choose that statement? Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that self-care is, you know, it, it's more important than, than if you don't drink first from the well, how can you possibly give others what they need? You, you, you can't, you know, the caregiver has to rest, eat, exercise and 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 take Epsom salt baths, get massages. <laughs> and, you know, as women, it, we have such a hard time, especially now in 2021, where we believe that we need to be everything all the time. And we we put the pressure on ourselves. You know, when you surrender to to the truth of of what you are at any given moment and when i i use that word what sad happy angry <laughs> lonely uh overjoyed excited fearful it takes so much courage and strength to be vulnerable and to own own what you are experiencing and stop wishing it to be different expending energy wishing things to be different is so wasteful it's just like you know taking money and flushing it down the toilet yeah accepting what is so honoring that this is the way it is right now and that at any moment things can change and probably will but you know with body image it's just really about accepting this is what it is and stop fighting because the only person you're fighting is you and then it affects everybody else and it affects everybody else around you are you ready for your lightning round let's go girl let's do it what would you say to your 15 16 year old self right now if you could talk to her for five minutes oh my goodness i would tell her you know what honey don't worry about all that it's not really worth it to be so worried about what the boys think because <laughs> boys are stupid <laughs> i love you um in terms of your body what judgment do you want to let go of oh my um 
I don't know that I have any judgments. I, 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 ah, ah, here's one. In terms of my body, um, gray hair is not all that bad. Okay. <laughs> I don't know when and if I'll ever be able to let go of that. It's just not my color. <laughs> what would your 80 year old self say to Brenda at 61? <laughs> okay, let's see. Wow, honey, I can't believe we did all of that and survived this long. Because <laughs> you're going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. No, can't. What is holding you back from getting to a, a 10 or 11 with your body from an 8? Because I do feel that I, I feel heavy in my okay. belly. Um, and it is an uncomfortable feeling. It's, yeah. it's, and, and it really, that, that's all it is. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Okay. I think it's well, all energetic, too, but we're, what do you, talk. well, I want to go there in a little bit. Um, what is, what is beautiful to you? Truth, honesty, uh, well, truth and honesty are the same thing. Um, truth, acceptance, and kindness. So when you see that in another person, that makes that person beautiful. Yes, it does. I, I you know, I, honestly, I find beauty in, in all people, even the ones that I don't like. Really? <laughs> I try to anyway. <laughs> um, what does it mean to be a strong woman? Wow. <sighs> wow. That, I don't know that I can do a lightning question on that, Carly. Um, what does it mean to be a strong woman? It means to be vulnerable. It means to be willing and able to, to do what's necessary to survive mm -hmm. um, while not losing who you really are in your heart. That's huge. That's huge. I'm so glad you did that one. What do you want others to say about you when you're not around? <laughs> what do I want them to say about me when I'm not around? You know, Brenda is a really um, caring person. She um, she does a good, she, she really does care about people and she tries to do, um, she tries to do the right thing and, 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 and love. She, she loves. She loves. Two more questions. If you found out that December 31st, 2021 was your last day on earth, what would you do differently this year? Whoa, gosh. I, I would stop worrying about those last few pounds. I would, um, wow, Carly, that's a big, huge one. I, I, I think I would really try to make an effort to um, do some traveling. And I guess a, a, an intentional kind of a traveling to um, try to touch as many, many women's lives as I can to let them know that there is a light that shines in the darkness and all you need to do is turn it on and look. Mm. Well, that actually just went to my last question, which is you get one piece of advice for every woman to hear. What is it? Don't be afraid to look into your own closets mm. because, you know, you got to know what's there. You got to know what's there. It's going to bite you on the ass someday. 
And the thing is, if there's something in your closet you don't want other people to see, you might just need to pull it out sometime and use it. I love you. Thank you for your energy and your vulnerability. I look at you and I see strong, beautiful, vulnerable, honest, loving, badassery. I am so grateful that we get to be on the journey together. Thank you so much. Me too, Carly. You're amazing. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La, 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 la,